Section three, volume three of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume Three, Section Three. When it was the one hundred and thirty-second night, she said, "It hath reached me, O auspicious king." That when the wazir took the shop keys, he went accompanied by Taj al-Muluk and Aziz to the Khan, and they bade the servants transport to the shop all their goods and stuffs and valuables of which they had great store worth treasures of money. And when all this was duly done, they went to the shop and ordered their stock and trade and slept there that night. As soon as morning morrowed, the wazir took the two young men to the hammam bath, where they washed them clean. And then donned rich dresses and scented themselves with essences, and enjoyed themselves to the utmost. Now each of the youths was passing fair to look upon, and in the bath they were even as saith to the poet, "Luck to the rubber, whose deft hand o'er dees, a frame begotten twixt the lymph and light. He shows the thaumaturgy of his craft and gathers musk in the form of camphor dyed." After bathing they left, and when the overseer heard that they had gone to the hammam. He sat down to await the twain, and presently they came up to him like two gazelles. Their cheeks were reddened by the bath, and their eyes were darker than ever. Their faces shone, and they were as two lustrous moons or two branches fruit laden. Now, when he saw them, he rose forthright and said to them, "O my sons, may your bath profit you always." Whereupon Taj al Muluk replied with the sweetest of speech, "Allah be bountiful to thee, O my father." Why didst thou not come with us and bathe in our company? Then they both bent over his right hand and kissed it, and walked before him to the shop to entreat him honourably and show their respect for him, for that he was chief of the merchants in the market, and he had done them kindness in giving them the shop. When he saw their hips quivering as they moved, desire and longing redoubled on him, and he puffed and snorted and devoured them with his eyes, for he could not contain himself, repeating the while these two couplets. Here the heart reads a chapter of devotion pure, nor reads dispute if heaven and worship partner take. No wonder 'tis he trembles walking 'neath such weight. How much of movement that revolving sphere must make! Furthermore, he said, I saw two charmers treading humble earth. Two I must love, and tread they on mine eyes. When they heard this, they conjured him to enter the bath with them a second time. He could hardly believe his ears. And hastening thither, went in with them. The wazir had not yet left the bath, so when he heard of the overseer's coming, he came out and meeting him in the middle of the bath hall, invited him to enter. He refused. Thereupon Taj al Muluk, taking him by the hand, walked on one side and Aziz by the other, and carried him into a cabinet. And that impure old man submitted to them, whilst his emotion increased on him. He would have refused, albeit this was what he desired. But the minister said to him. They are thy sons. Let them wash thee and cleanse thee. Allah preserve them to thee! Exclaimed the overseer. By Allah, your coming and the coming of those with you bring down blessing and good luck upon our city. Then he repeated these two couplets. Thou camest and green grew the hills anew, and sweetest bloom to the bridegroom threw, while aloud cried earth and her earthborns too, hail and welcome who comest with grace to endue. They thanked him for this, 
and Taj al-Muluk ceased not to wash him and to pour water over him, and he thought his soul in paradise. When they had made an end of his service, he blessed them and sat by the side of the wazir, talking but gazing the while on the use. Presently the servants brought them towels, and they dried themselves and donned their dress. Then they went out, and the minister turned to the syndic and said to him, O my lord, verily the bath is the paradise of this world, replied the overseer. Allah vouchsafe to thee such paradise, and health to thy sons, and guard them from the evil eye. Do ye remember aught that the eloquent have said in praise of the bath? Quoth Taj al-Muluk, I will repeat for thee a pair of couplets, and he recited, The life of the bath is the joy of man's life, save that time is short for us there to bide, a heaven where irksome it were to stay, a hell delightful at entering tide. When he ended his recital, quoth Aziz, And I also remember two couplets in praise of the bath. The overseer said, Let me hear them. So he repeated the following, A house where flowers from stones of granite grow, Seen at its best when hot with living lows, Thou deemst it hell, but here, forsooth, is heaven, And some like suns and moons within it show. And when he had ended his recital, his verses pleased the overseer, and he wondered at his words, and savoured their grace and fecundancy, and said to them, By Allah, ye possess both beauty and eloquence. But now listen to me, you twain. And he began chanting, and recited in song the following verses. O joy of hell and heaven, whose tormentry, and quickens frame and soul with a lively gree. I marvel so delightsome house to view, and most when neath it kindled fires I see, sojourn of bliss to visitors withal, pools on them pour down tears unceasingly. Then his eyesight roamed, and browsed on the gardens of their beauty, and he repeated these two couplets. I went to the house of the keeper man, he was out, but others to smile began. I entered his heaven, and then his hell, and I said, Bless Malik, and bless Rizwan. When they heard these verses they were charmed, and the overseer invited them to his house, but they declined and returned to their own place, to rest from the great heat of the bath. So they took their ease there, and ate and drank, and passed that night in perfect solace and satisfaction. Till morning dawned, when they arose from sleep, and making their lesser ablution, prayed the dawn, prayer and drank the morning draught. As soon as the sun had risen, and the shops and markets opened, they arose and were going forth from their place to the bazaar opened in their shop, which their servants had already furnished, after the handsome fashion, and had spread with prayer rugs and silken carpets, and had placed on the divans a pair of mattresses, each worth a hundred dinars. On every mattress they had disposed a rug of skin fit for a king and edged with a fringe of gold, and a middlemost the shop stood a third seat still richer, even as the place required. Then Taj al-Muluk sat down on one divan, and disease on another, whilst the wazir seated himself on that in the centre, and the servants stood before them. The city people soon heard of them and crowded about them, so that they sold some of their goods, and not a few of their stuffs, for Taj al-Muluk's beauty and loveliness had become the talk of the town. Thus they passed a trifle of time, and every day the people flocked to them and pressed upon them more and more, till the wazir, after extorting Taj al-Muluk to keep his secret, commended him to the care of Aziz and went home, that he might commune with himself alone and cast about for some contrivance which might profit them. 
Meanwhile, the two young men sat talking, and Taj al-Muluk said to Aziz, Happily, someone will come from the Lady Dunya. So he ceased not expecting this chance days and nights, but his heart was troubled, and he knew neither sleep nor rest, for desire had got the mastery of him, and love and longing were sore upon him, so that he renounced the solace of sleep, and abstained from meat and drink, yet ceased he not to be like the moon on the night of fullness. Now one day he sat in the shop. Behold, there came up an ancient woman. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and thirty-third night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the wazir Dandan continued to Zah al makin Now one day as Taj al-Muluk sat in his shop, behold, there appeared an ancient woman, who came up to him followed by two slave girls. She ceased not advancing till she stood before the shop of Taj al-Muluk, and, observing his symmetry and beauty and loveliness, marveled at his charms, and sweated in her petticoat trousers, exclaiming, Glory to him who created thee out of vile water, and made thee a temptation to all beholders. And she fixed her eyes on him and said, This is not a mortal. He is none other than an angel deserving the highest respect. Then she drew near and saluted him, whereupon he returned her salute and rose to his feet to receive her and smiled in her face, all this by a hint from Aziz, after which he made her sit down by his side and fanned her with a fan, till she was rested and refreshed. Then she turned to Taj al-Muluk and said, O oh my son, O thou art perfect in bodily gifts and spiritual graces, say me, art thou of this country? He replied, in voice the sweetest, and in tone of the pleasantest, By Allah, O oh my mistress, I was never in this land during my life till this time, nor do I abide here save by way of diversion. Rejoined she, May the grantor grant thee all honour and prosperity. And what stuffs hast thou brought with thee? Show me something passing fine, for the beauteous should bring nothing but what is beautiful. When he heard her words, his heart fluttered, and he knew their intermeaning. But Aziz made a sign to him, and he replied, I have everything thou canst desire, and especially I have goods that beset none but kings and kings' daughters. So tell me what stuff thou wantest, and for whom, that I may show thee what will be fitting for him. This he said, that he might learn the meaning of her words, and she rejoined, I want a stuff fit for the princess Dunya, daughter of King Shariman. Now when the prince heard the name of his beloved, he joyed with great joy, and said to Aziz, Give me a parcel. So Aziz brought it, and opened it before Taj al-Muluk, who said to the old woman, Select what will suit her, for these goods are to be found only with me. She chose stuffs worth a thousand dinars, and asked, How much is this? And she ceased not the while to talk with him, and rub what was inside her thighs with the palm of her hand. Answered Taj al-Muluk, Shall I haggle with the like of thee about this paltry price? Praised be Allah, who hath acquainted me with thee. The old woman rejoined, Allah's name be upon thee. I commend thy beautiful face to the protection of the Lord of the daybreak. Beautiful face and eloquent speech. Happy she who lieth in thy bosom, and, and clappeth thy waist in her arms, and enjoyeth thy youth, especially if she be beautiful and lovely like thyself. At this, Taj al-Muluk laughed till he fell on his back, and said to himself, O thou who fulfillest desires by means of pimping old women, they are the true fulfillers of desire. Then she asked, O my son, what is thy name? And he answered, 
My name is Taj al-Muluk, the crown of kings, quoth she. This is indeed a name of kings and kings' sons, and thou art clad in merchants' clothes, quoth Aziz. For the love of his parents and family bore him, and for the value they set on him, they named him thus. Replied the old woman, Thou sayest sooth, Allah guard you both from the evil eye and the envious, though hearts be broken by your charms. Then she took the stuffs and went her way, but she was amazed at his beauty and stature and symmetry, and she ceased not going till she found the lady Dunya, and said to her, O my mistress, I have brought thee some handsome stuffs. Quoth the princess, Show me that same. And the old woman, O apple of my eye, here it is. Turn it over and examine it. Now when the princess looked at it, she was amazed and said, O oh, my nurse, this is indeed handsome stuff. I have never seen its like in our city. O oh, my lady, replied the old nurse, he who sold it me is handsomer still. It would seem as if Rizwan had left the gates of paradise open in his carelessness, and as if the youth who sold me this stuff had come bodily out of heaven. I would he might sleep this night with thee and might lie between thy breasts. He hath come to thy city with these precious stuffs for amusement's sake, and he is a temptation to all who set eyes on him. The princess laughed at her words and said, Allah afflict thee, O pernicious old hag, thou dotest, and there is no sense left in thee. Presently she resumed, Give me the stuff that I may look at it anew. So she gave it to her, and she took it again and saw that its size was small and its value great. It pleased her, for she had never in her life seen its like and she exclaimed, By Allah, this is a handsome stuff. Answered the old woman, O my lady, by Allah, if thou sawest the owner, thou wouldst know him for the handsomest man on the face of the earth. Quoth the lady Dunya, Didst thou ask him if he had any need, that he might tell us and we might satisfy it? But the nurse shook her head and said, The Lord keep thy sagacity. By Allah, he hath a want, May thy skill not fail thee. What, is any man free from wants? Rejoined the princess. Go back to him and salute him, and say to him, Our land and town are honored by thy visit, and, if thou hast any need, we will fulfill it to thee, on our head and eyes. So the old woman at once returned to Taj al-Muluk, and when he saw her his heart jumped for joy and gladness, and he rose to his feet before her, and, taking her hand, seated her by his side. As soon as she was rested, she told him what Princess Dunya had said, and he on hearing it joyed with exceeding joy, his breast dilated to the full, gladness entered his heart, and he said to himself, Verily, I have my need. Then he asked the old woman, Haply, thou wilt take her a message from me, and bring me her answer? And she answered, I hear it and obey. So he said to Aziz, Bring me an ink-case, and paper and a brazen pen. And when Aziz brought him what he sought, he hent the pen in hand, and wrote these lines of poetry. I write to thee, O fondest hope, a writ, Of grief that severance on my soul cloth lay. Saith its first line within my heart, Is O, its second, love and longing on me pray. Its third, my patience waste is fades my life. Its fourth, not shall my pain and pine allay. It's fifth. When shall mine eyes enjoy thy sight? It's sixth. Say, when shall dawn our meeting day? And lastly, 
by way of subscription he wrote these words this letter is from the captive of captivation prisoned in the hold of long expectation wherefrom is no emancipation but in anticipation and intercourse and in unification after absence and separation for from the severance of friends he loveth so fain he suffered love pangs and pining pain then his tears rushed out and he indited these two couplets i write thee love the while my tears pour down nor cease they ever pouring thick and fleet yet i despair not of my god whose grace haply some day will grant us twain to meet then he folded the letter and sealed it with his singlet ring and gave it to the old woman saying carry it to the lady dunya quoth she to hear is to obey whereupon he gave her a thousand dinars and said to her o my mother accept this gift from me as a token of my affection she took both from him and blessed him and went her way and never stinted walking till she went into the lady dunya now when the princess saw her she said to her o my nurse what is it he asketh of need that we may fulfil his wish to him replied the old woman o my lady he sendeth thee this letter by me and i know not what is in it and handed it to her then the princess took the letter and read it and when she understood it she exclaimed whence cometh and whither goeth this merchantman that he durst address such a letter to me and she slapped her face saying whence are we that we should come to shopkeeping awah awah by the lord but that i fear almighty allah i had slain him and she added yeah i had crucified him over his shop door asked the old woman what is in this letter to vex thy heart and move thy wrath on this wise doth it contain a complaint or of oppression or demand for the price of the stuff answered the princess woe to thee there is none of this in it not but words of love and endearment this is all through thee otherwise whence should this satan know me rejoined the old woman o my lady thou sittest in thy high palace and none may have access to thee no not even the birds of the air allah keep thee and keep thy youth from blame and reproach thou needest not care for the barking of dogs for thou art a princess the daughter of a king be not wroth with me that i brought thee this letter knowing not what was in it but i opine that thou send him an answer and threaten him with death and forbid this foolish talk surely he will abstain and not dare do the like again quoth the lady dunya i fear that if i write to him he will desire me the more the old woman returned when he heareth thy threats and promise of punishment he will desist from his persistence she cried here with the ink-case and paper and brazen pen and when they brought them she wrote these couplets o thou for who thy wakeful nights wouldst claim my love to boon for what of pining thou must feel in tribulation dost thou fond fool and proud of sprite seek meeting with the moon say did man ever win his wish to take in his arms the moon i counsel thee from soul cast out the wish that dwells therein and cut that short which threatens thee with sore risk over soon and to such talk thou dare return i bid thee to expect from me such awful penalty as suiteth froward loon i swear by him who moulded man from gout of clotted blood who lit the sun to shine by day and lit for night the moon and thou return to mention that 
Thou spakest in thy pride, Upon a cross of tree for boon, I'll have thee crucified. Then she folded the letter, and handing it to the old woman, said, Give him this, and say him, Cease from this talk. Hearkening in obedience, replied she, and taking the letter with joy, returned to her own house, where she passed the night, and when morning dawned she betook herself to the shop of Taj al-Muluk, whom she found expecting her. When he saw her, he was ready to fly for delight, and when she came up to him, he stood to her on his feet and seated her by his side. Then she brought out the letter and gave it to him, saying, Read what is in this, adding, When Princess Dunya read thy letter she was angry, but I coaxed her and jested with her till I made her laugh, and she had pity on thee, and she hath returned thee an answer. He thanked her for her kindness, and bade Aziz give her a thousand gold pieces. Then he perused the letter, and understanding it, fell to weeping, a weeping so sore that the old woman's heart was moved to wrath for him, and his tears and complaints were grievous to her. Presently she asked him, O oh my son, what is there in this letter to make thee weep? Answered he, She hath threatened me with death and crucifixion, and she forbiddeth me to write to her, but if I write not my death were better than my life. So take thou my answer to the letter, and let her work her will. Rejoined the old woman, By the life of thy youth, needs must I risk my existence for thee, that I may bring thee to thy desire, and help thee to win what thou hast at heart? And Taj al-Muluk said, Whatever thou dost, I will requite thee for it, and do thou weigh it in the scales of thy judgment, for thou art experienced in managing matters, and skilled in reading the chapters of the book of intrigue. All hard matters to thee are easy doings, and a law can bring about everything. Then he took a sheet of paper, and wrote thereon these improvised couplets. Yestern my love with slaughter menaced me, but sweet were slaughter and death's foreordained. Yes, death is sweet for lover doomed to bear, long life rejected, injured, and constrained. By Allah, dine to visit friendless friend. Thy thrall am I, and like a thrall am chained. Mercy, O lady mine, for loving thee, who loveth noble soul, should be assained. Then he sighed heavy sighs, and wept till the old woman wept also, and presently taking the letter, she said to him, Be of good cheer, and cool thy eyes and clear, for needs must I bring thee to thy wish. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section three of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume three. Recording by Chelsea Baker.